Welcome to today's episode of CLCI Live, brought to you by the award-winning and ICF-accredited school, Certified Life Coach Institute. Sit back, relax, and enjoy today's episode. Welcome to another week of CLCI Live. We'll talk about what we're going to discuss in a second. Before we do, um, I just want to remind everybody to make sure that you participate in this live. Uh, we stream it because we want to hear from you. So if you have any questions, please pop them in the chat. Not just please, do it, do it. Uh, um, we want to hear from you. Uh, that's why we do this. So if you have questions, comments, concerns, input, anything, please, please, please join in the conversation. We are monitoring chats. And we do want to hear from you. All right, that's all for me. Who's up next? <laughs> We're we talking about today. We're talking about questions. Questions. Well, I think the question is: Is there more to coaching than questions, or can you question your client to death? <laughs> that's how I yeah. coach dead people. As I question them to death. I picture this like when <laughs> when questions attack. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't you just have like a Ouija board and put it in front of your clients and just say, okay, use this. I'm just going to ask questions all day. <laughs> yes. Bringing in the Ouija board is always a good coaching move. Well, bringing in the eight ball, doesn't that provide you the answers? Yes. But only eight of them. But only eight of them. Yes. And they're only really like. They're not so yes or no. I mean, I guess there's yes or no or, or outlook not so good. <laughs> Ask later. Um, pretty opinionated responses, short responses. Can a client do that? Ask later, please. Outlook not so good. <laughs> I'm going to give magic eight ball responses to questions from now on. So how do, how do we, how did we even arrive to this problem, I guess, in this topic in the first place? Is it like a common thing for new or amateur coaches to just be like questions that's where it is i don't give I, advice i don't tell yeah. people things i ask questions that deeper dive is it oh i'm sorry brooke go ahead oh no you're perfect go 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 <laughs> that deeper dive is elusive to them in the beginning because they're so worried about doing it right that they miss the ability to go into the deeper dive with the client with one question really can last a whole session and then some I see Dan's head shaking. What were you going to say, Dan? Oh no, I was agreeing. <laughs> I was looking at I was looking at Brooke Point, and I was trying I was to figure out what she was pointing I was to. I was trying to get past Anthony to point to Lisa because she was. Uh, that was a great point. Um, I was trying so, to figure out. Um, so saying that, uh, you brought up sort of what what brought me to this topic um, was the concept of good or bad questions wanting to know the right or wrong questions what are the right questions what are the best questions what are the good questions what are the and in all of that i thought well i mean uh is that all coaching is about right is is knowing what the best questions are uh do I, if i have the arsenal of the top 10 or 20 best questions in my pocket does that mean that i'm going to just be the best coach on earth Guys, means no, you means can you'll be you can be a robot and yeah, yeah. you can have be the best coach with only 20 questions in your arsenal that means i know some questions right that's about it <laughs> um so when we say good or bad or right or wrong questions what is what is the red alerts that go up with that 
statement? I think for me, I, I get concerned. All of them are judgments as soon as we bring an idea of right, wrong, good, bad into it. And then the other side of it is in, in that evaluation of does it fit the moment or not? Is it helping the, is the question helping the client create awareness and move toward their outcome or is it going completely divergent and is it offering something from the coach's perspective that the client isn't requesting it isn't isn't taking them toward their own solution but instead toward the direction the coach wants it to go that's what i would consider a bad or a wrong question or ineffective question that's maybe ineffective yeah let's it that way because I, I don't think it's bad or wrong because I think even yeah. ineffective questions at times can help a client get to where they're going mm -hmm. um, just there's just usually a whole lot more so I don't know for talk, some reason oh go ahead when we talk about that more what are we talking about when we say coaching is more than questions what what is more mean offering of observation so i notice your energy's changing tell me what's happening there was as you see a client either get more excited or get a little more down um that's that offering of awareness can be a big opener that's really not a question i noticed something's changing here tell me about it so when we notice something is there any um way that is best to notice uh is there a way is there a wrong way and a right way to to notice or offer offer those kind of um observations the only thing i'd throw in there is is attach a label to it yeah, yeah. attaching yeah, a label or mm -hmm. attaching a judgment to the observation mm -hmm. whereas if i just sort of i think you've seen me do this before brooke where i'll kind of like exhale and then you're like what's wrong and i'm like there's nothing wrong. I'm just trying to get a deeper breath of air. Um, so I'm calling you out, but also that's a sort of a judgment placed on an observation. So how do you, how do you not judge and make an observation? I think you've got to be very particular about how you, how you hold space for a client, which also mm -hmm. is answering that first question that you asked is, <clears throat> is coaching just about asking questions. I think holding space has got to be one of the bigger things that you have to do well as a coach. Um, and again, being very particular about how you do that and not, you know, maybe inferring about that sigh, letting it happen, letting them feel their feelings, let them think their thoughts, and then asking a question that you feel is good to ask after you know, that part of the session comes up. So let's let's use Anthony's sigh as an example. Anthony sighs in the middle of his he's he's mid session, and he he out of nowhere goes, <sighs> what? How do we approach that as a coach and and do so in the the what would be the most I guess effective way um, to remain in this non judgmental coaching space? That was a big sigh, Anthony. Tell me about what? that. But you said big. I would just say I'm noticing. Let's do that too. Yeah. And do Amazing. we ask permission to notice? Do we ask permission to share the observation first? Nah. No. We just, yeah. Okay. You could. You that's could. Good. I, I mean, mean that's kind of your job as a coach. Okay. Like, that comes part of the package is to share the observation. So I don't, 
long as you're not interrupting them and their thought maybe process. it's different mm-hmm. for different clients some clients yeah. you might go okay may i saw i just noticed something I, is it okay if i share what i just observed with you yeah um and then if they say yes then it's the that's the salesman in me right there coming out like get their permission first like, <laughs> um, i think may i offer a lot may i offer what i see may i offer a reflection so it just depends. It depends on the, the client oh, and the flow. I want to run into the client who's just like, no. <laughs> no, no. That, I haven't had one yet. Not what I want. I'm not in the mood for that kind of feedback right now. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't run into a client yet who's been like that. A twist on that. We were part of a big, big group and I was coaching someone and this one young lady recognized where she was going and she did not want to go in front of the group and share where she was going because it was really a private moment she told me later what it was she goes it wasn't about not wanting to share with you i just didn't want to share with everyone and i noticed as dan said there was a shift in her body language her energy and i asked her about that and she just goes i don't i don't want to go there right now and that was fair. I mean, it's a fair thing. It's a, it was a private matter. She didn't want to discuss in front of others. So there are those kinds of moments, especially when you're in a group kind of situation when someone doesn't want to go deeper with their private information. Devil's advocate here. Mm-hmm. We make the observation. Is there a question that we attach to that observation? Is it always, I saw you sigh. Tell me more about that. I saw you sigh. What the fuck's wrong with you? Pardon my French. tend to word our questions sometimes. As, we tend to word our questions sometimes as um, declarative statements. Like, I'm telling you to do this. Tell me more. Can go deeper. Um, so sometimes it's very subtle, the difference between asking a question and telling the client to do something. But there are times when giving them that little oomph of telling them what to do might be, I guess, an effective choice. So I have something brewing in the back of my head right now. Um, would it ever, I know we are, we're talking outside of the realm of questions, right? And questioning. Would it ever be okay to, um, offer a, let's say an offer, a judgment or perspective, and then ask the client about how it made them, how they felt about that, you know, with the specific intention of them coming up with their own thing, but sort of, I guess, deliberately putting them in a box kind of to see if they, how they feel about being put in that box, essentially. (laughs) With their permission. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yep. And so I was going to say with their permission, Mm -hmm. um, and then the big key here is offering from the unattached place that it's, I don't want them. I don't, I'm not attached to what I'm offering or any reason behind it. I'm just putting it out there to see where it goes and what opens up. Could I get an example of what you guys mean by this? We need a coach who needs, who wants to be coached? Who's got a coachable something. Let me think about this. I do. Radio silence. I know, right? Nobody yeah, came with a coachable. My brain's not thinking. 
I and feel then, like I always have something. I just can't <laughs> anything. Just blank. Just just a hamster, not even just just rocking back forth in the wheel right now. <laughs> um, yeah, I could have uh, that going on too. <laughs> I could forcefully uh, bring up something that Lisa could maybe be coached on. <laughs> that I could be coached on. Well, I just but I don't know if you want to be. So it's not even right oh. of me to bring it up. <laughs> I know I need to approach them. You said you're going to be sad about leaving. Oh yeah, totally. And I was just, maybe there's a way to something in that space that you could be coached with through a bit. <laughs> no, the only way to work through that is to bring this Yahoo family with me. Doggone it! <laughs> <laughs> Have them live in my house or next door at the worst. <laughs> I'm a big. I love all my family in there with me so yeah there's not much you can do because they're here in washington state and i'm in colorado i'm not gonna cry now you dog on it don't bring that up <laughs> dan's job bro. I, uh, don't, don't <laughs> okay i got one i can be coached on okay yes dan <laughs> Okay, who's gonna coach me? Or is it like a five on one? I think you're a five on one. Okay. Get ready. Okay. So in the past month I've gotten back to actively working out again after seven months of sitting on my butt doing nothing in the move. Well, not doing nothing, but not exercising. Um goal is to lose about fifteen pounds minimum. And in the month of working out I've actually gained three and it's driving me nuts. Non-coaching hat on. I went through the same thing, but I got it. <laughs> <laughs> this is my session. You get the shrapnel. This is my session. So when you're, you're sharing that about that three pounds and the experience that you are back on, I'm, I'm guessing it's your bike. Oh no, you're, what are you doing to work out that's different? I'm doing the Peloton. I'm doing boxing. The boxing. Okay. Yeah. And the three pounds. What more can you tell us about your what you're feeling in that space? Every time I've done it before, the cardio will be enough. And now I've added in the resistance with the boxing so I could work a little more upper body than just working legs. So I'm finding that balance, but I'm not losing weight. I'm actually static and gaining and I can keep telling myself it's oh because you're building muscle but I I can't fool myself into thinking it's building that fat that that fat there's there there's a Freudian slip that fast so let's get the s in there mm -hmm. it is building that fat what makes you say that it can't build that fast past experience I haven't been working out that hard to have it bulk up that quickly not three pounds worth. I've got a question then. And I think we might have talked about this, the other, one of the other lives or something on that nature. Um, does the past always indicate the future? No. No. So to give an example of what I was going to say for Anthony, Anthony, what you asked was that example of like forcefully putting somebody in a box. Uh, so Dan, can I um, offer uh, a possibility 
for you and then would you tell me how you feel about it after i offer this this is no bearing on anything uh -huh. i just want you to try this on for size okay okay um when you're working out and you are you're somebody you know you're in there working out let's say uh that that you i should say this actually let me ask it this way um it's so hard not to coach it's weird <laughs> <laughs> to like forcefully put this in a box so essentially what i want to say is when you're when you're working out do you let's say you're feeling do you you're how do you feel afterwards see I'm, i can't i can't i have to ask questions i can't force him i can't do it it's not possible i was gonna say say okay so dan do you feel fat <laughs> <laughs> how does that make you feel <laughs> just so i have what how does what make me feel just so i'm answering so if I right said dan if i said to you dan you're you you don't look you don't look fat. You don't look. You don't look fat. You look great. You look fantastic. You. Um, uh, I don't think you need to work out all that much. What would you? How does that make you feel? Yeah, I can look in the mirror and I see. You're seeing this much of me right now. I see other parts, and the bigger thing. While I say I want to lose about fifteen. It's not so much about the number, it's about how I feel. Huh. And I feel sluggish. I feel kind of like some days. So it's not about the number. Yeah, I associate the number because I want to see something change and then figure if, if, I'm, if I'm carrying less, I'll have more energy. You but said there's some, this, days. some days. I have, a, I have a hypothetical scenario then. What if you lose the 15 pounds and you still feel the same way? Then I'll stop exercising and go back to eating and figure why. What have I got to lose? Why did I go through this? It's like the guy who the guy who finishes last, or the woman who finishes last in the Olympics. Like, what did I do for the last four years? Well, I guess to to bring it back is, are you wanting to lose fifteen pounds or are you wanting to feel better? Feel better and lose something, but I don't. I, I'm right now I'm a bit attached to the 15 pounds, but I could probably lose less than that if I was feeling better. Cause there will be that, that space of balance as the fat comes off and the muscle starts to build. So before you, before you were, when you were, you said prior to this, you were in a, you were working out a bunch, right? Uh -huh. How did you feel about that? When you were really good, that? really, really good. good did you always feel really good like when you first got that peloton and you first started working out how were you feeling then oh it was wiping me out because i wasn't conditioned for it i built into that over a few months over a few months how long have you been riding your peloton now uh, a good six weeks plus now so I'm, I'm back into a decent rhythm okay so we have a few months versus a six weeks prior to that, I mean, you, it took a few months for you to get into it before in your six weeks. That's like halfway, right? Uh -huh. um, what would have to happen over the next six weeks for you to feel good about what's going on in your, in your world? I would need to see a three pound weight loss and feel just a just a little bit more energy i'm feeling the energy more now i'm not feeling as drained as before 
Um, but I, I want to see some things showing up differently on the scale. I want to be under 230. Actual. Now, out of, out of the coaching session a little bit, this is where my mind starts to wander on sharing observations or sharing maybe possible insights. Yes. So I'm going to be fumbling over my words to try to make this sound coachable as possible, but there are other, and this I'm referencing um, something we read in the uh, stuff leading up to this about facts versus opinions. It seems to be that exercise as a fact isn't the only contributing factor to weight. There are other things that are going on other than just exercise. Is there other contributing factors to your weight that isn't just the amount of exercise you're doing? Oh, you know I, it. <laughs> I brought it back to a question. Yeah. Damn it. Yeah. What and that would be a, that would be a perfect that would be a perfect opportunity of offering an idea for a concept and then asking the client what it means in this in the co-creative space because yeah it ain't just the exercise <laughs> and, the, and the fumbling anthony what you did in the precursor of your question that yeah. fumbling is exactly right on because what mm -hmm. you're saying is i know this is coming from me i know this is may not be your perspective i may not get this quite right all of that works and that's all part of the criteria of coach are willing to be vulnerable. Yeah. I don't have all the answers. Would you say that's like a PCC level? You're starting to go there with that or so that's something that, that I know that we sort of break our coaches early on, right? We break them of that, that, that sort of those bad habits so that then they can sort of subtly reintroduce them and reintroduce them in a way that, that isn't going to put <laughs> off your client. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's 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 not coming that I know better when many of our new um, our new uh, coaches, there's the word I'm trying to say, new coaches, they come from that perspective. I know better. I've experienced this. I understand this. I've gone down this path. I know how this works. That's different than what we're all talking about here. And you're bringing up, Brooke, is spot on. You got to break that habit of thinking I know better and come from that perspective of, you know, as you were talking, something bubbled up and wondering if I could share what came up as I was thinking. And I, th I think that idea that behind that right there, Lisa, is also maybe where the topic of today comes from the newer yeah. students coming in who are thinking they're going to be more in a yeah. consulting advice giving space like what do you mean i'm just going to ask questions <laughs> yeah yeah um so with we gave some examples of things we can do outside of questions so we talked a little bit about i think we breezed past it a bit though and jerome brought it up and it's this concept of holding space which can be a kind of outer space concept if people don't know what we mean when we say holding space. So can somebody um, explain what we mean when we say holding space? What is the we definition of space? We haven't heard from Jen too much. How yeah, about Jen? Is oh. Jen too, I, I didn't, I know you said you had two questions too here. Yeah, so. I, I have two questions for Dan in this Oh space. yeah, 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 absolutely. Okay. So my first question is Dan, what will happen if you continue to place your focus on these three pounds? 
Either I'm going to figure out how to get rid of them, or I am going to be so frustrated because they don't go away. I, I see A or B options there. So an either or situation. Mm -hmm. Is there any room in the middle there? Is there any other possibility? I half want to say a pound and a half, but that's not fair. <laughs> Um, Smart. <laughs> I say Dan could have just gone, gotten taller. <laughs> There's a plan. I'll, I'll just go get stretched. Um, is there something in the middle? There is. I'm just not seeing it right now because I'm so attached to that first three. It. It's. Tell me just, more about it, that attachment. What is that ta attachment doing for you? driving me nuts actually and how does that support your goal i'd like to think that it makes me go down and get on the bike instead of at the end of the day say eh, i'm just gonna go make dinner um so there in that way it's supporting me to go into the action but on the back end i get frustrated the next morning when i take a look and see like oh it went up a quarter of a pounder. It only went down so much. Prior to looking, how were you feeling? Meaning before you got on the scale, you did your workout. How are you feeling between that? Typically decent. What Typically does that mean? Okay. Um, looking forward to the workout, uh, looking forward to getting on the bike, being active, feeling good. So so maybe that's, actually, maybe that's the space between. Just do it to hmm. feel good. Ah. Hmm. So what, what can you focus on that will propel you forward towards your goal of weight loss and feeling good? Doing at least 40 minutes, five days a week and shooting for new PRs on the bike because hmm. I just recalibrated it. So what are you doing now? About 40 to 60, 40 minutes, minimum five days a week. Some days push into 60, depending on what's going on. And that's a combination of biking and boxing. So what you're saying is you are doing that now or you want to do that? I am doing it. That's what I've been building into after the past, uh, after starting slow and getting back on, because I've been through that whole workout too hard, too quickly and hurt and then don't do it anymore. So I've been on a nice build Story and now I've hit rhythm. Go okay. ahead. Oh, no, I just said I've, same thing with me and running. Mm -hmm. Tell so, me about. Sorry, go ahead, Brooke. Oh, yeah. Tell me about rhythm. Rhythm. You said you hit rhythm. Um. I'm not making excuses anymore for not doing it. The early days when I was getting back, when I was just literally getting back on the bike, um, there would be those afternoons like, it's been a long day and I don't need to do this. Yeah, I can do it tomorrow. And now I'm actually at the point where I'm looking forward to going in to the, <laughs> into the garage and jumping on the bike doing 20, 30 minutes and then doing a boxing routine for another 25 or so. 
and I love Peloton. I love Peloton's whole sessions thing where you can ride live against others and like just, there's but the competitive side comes out. I just want to crush people. So I have I have a question about the history, mm -hmm. and that history where you did it before, and you felt good. Did you monitor your weight like you are now? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and how did that in that history support you in that moment? It brought awareness to somewhat diet, but I eat a lot more when I'm exercising because I, I just the fuel that I wind up eating more. Um, and I was able to start paying attention to the places where maybe I wasn't eating as well and just grabbing some empty calories just so I'd have some caloric intake. I've got a question as well. How well, wait, often? Before we go, wait, just, just one question. There's something that we tapped into, that you tapped into, Anthony, that we have not gone back to. And if we're going to stay in this space, I think we should tap into it again. We asked you, what about everything else, right? Does that affect this, everything else? And you had this moment, just like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> moment right? Where a great I, observation yeah, you like that observation so i want to ask around that emotion that was a very animated response you gave um what is what will you tell me more about that animated response if i'm not taking care of myself i can't be there for anybody else that's what it comes down to it's what I preach to everybody else. So if I'm not taking care of myself on some level, I could call myself a hypocrite. Okay. So, so it sounds um, like. Go ahead. Then I'll let you have it. It sounds like you just eliminated your idea of if this doesn't work, then I'm just going to go back to eating based on what you just said. Mm -hmm. Or I stopped telling people, <laughs> or I stopped helping people. <laughs> There's two sides to that coin too. <laughs> so for us, wanna... the people listening though, that's Jen offering an insight right there. Yes. That would be that box. She's connecting yeah. two ideas that Dan said earlier, and then piecing them into a new piece of information, well, you've eliminated a previous thing that you said by this statement you just said. Mm -hmm. So one thing I want to ask you, though, you said that you are back in rhythm, you're back to doing your routine, you're working out, you're in this good, really good spot with working out. So this is a closed-ended question, but <laughs> is working out the issue then no what is the issue rebalancing my diet i think okay because since the move since we moved in march i've been eating heavier less lean meats more heavy meats lots of red meat a lot of pork um, a lot of pasta, doing the whole Mediterranean thing up here because it's wine country. Um, so I think heavier food is also part of this process. I hate salads. 
I heard you say I hate salad, so we're just gonna throw that out the door, okay? <laughs> throw the salad out the door because that's where it belongs. Right, let something out there eat it. I'll eat the something that eats it. You said you need to balance your foods. Mm -hmm. I need to go back to more fish and chicken. How do you do that? Go to the grocery store and buy fish and chicken. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna ask a why question. Something that Jen brought up earlier today that maybe can be taboo in coaching when ask why but um why haven't you bought chicken and fish so i didn't hear the question uh -huh. okay why haven't you bought chicken and fish um without going into a lot of detail here on a live um food allergies okay yeah so there's there's had there's been a movement away from chicken in particular. Um, I can pull it back in, but fish doesn't fill me up the way heavier meats do. And if I don't eat something heavier, then I feel like I'm wanting, and then I look for the more empty calories just to feel like, oh, there's something in my stomach. Okay. So, oh, yeah, so this is, again, I'm going to be fumbling with this one again. So we, you talked about balance earlier. There seems to be this sort of play between the amount of food you eat or what you choose to eat and the amount of exercise you do. Would you Sorry, rather... And to lose weight, it seems like you have to have either more food and you can keep the same amount of exercise. Oh, sorry, I'm getting this mixed up. You can have more food, but you'd have to exercise more to compensate. Or you could have less food or foods that you're not really fond of or left wanting, but less exercise. Uh -huh. So there's a trade-off to each of them, and I'm doing sort of a binary thing. What are you rather leaning towards? I think I could go with the additional exercise and eating less, but I've got to get over the hump of what my body's expecting mm -hmm. right now. Because um, I think as, if I taper that back, I won't have that craving in the same way. My body's just used to it right now. Um, I, uh, the only thing in my head right now is an is a classic Bloom County cartoon where Opus is saying, "Eat less and exercise." So, so I mean, you know the what you need to do, right, uh, Dan? Uh, it sounds like to me, you know uh -huh. what you need to do. So, my question is, you you mentioned the food allergy being one thing, but you said you can reintroduce chicken. I heard you say that also. Uh -huh. um, so my question is, what can you do in this space? And also, I mean, I'm stacking questions. What do you want to do? Well, I want to change the eating habit because the exercise is working. So that, that side of the equation is, is going along. So now I've got to look at the other side of it. What are the two contributing factors? 
it was it's going to be what I'm eating. So I've got to shift it. And I'm going to have to lean more toward vegetable, like salads particularly. I, I just have to do it and find something that I can enjoy. Are there other ways to eat vegetables that's not a salad? Oh, I love cooked vegetables. But I'm eating them with a ton of meat. <laughs> so it's like they're the side and I need to shift to the, the meat being the side kind of thing, like mm -hmm. the blue zone kind of thing. But yeah, salad's accessible and easy and quick. And chicken can be on top of it. So I hear you saying that, again, you know what to do. You know that you got to do this. And you, you. so what can we do in this space to help you with that? Hold me accountable. Or send Uber Eats. Pick a menu and send me Uber Eats. <laughs> <laughs> so you said accountability is something you need. Mm -hmm. So I can't hold you accountable, but how can you hold you accountable? Well, I can continue to do my exercising as I'm doing it. That seems to be working. Um, and when I walk into the grocery store, spend more time in the produce aisle looking at plants than I do looking at dead animals in other sections of the grocery store. Um, well, that's what you need to do. Is that accountability? I need to walk out of the grocery store with more plants. <laughs> My, that's my accountability is walking out of the grocery store with more plants in my, in my bags than animals or well, empty you, carbs and carbs would be the other one because I'm, I'm a carbivore. Can we do that? That imagine. Mm -hmm. So what's your favorite grocery store? You don't have to tell me and just imagine yourself in your favorite go to grocery store. Mm -hmm. Now, what? what are you doing now? Walking through the produce space, grabbing my favorite vegetables, which would be cucumbers, green beans, asparagus, a few potatoes, even though I know they're not particularly good for me, but I need some starch, mm -hmm. um, some fruit. You mentioned lingering longer in that section. Mm -hmm. If you're lingering longer, what what's the longer piece? Wandering around to see if there's anything I haven't noticed before that might be an option. Something I could make differently that would be more enjoyable than a boring salad or the boring same old side is there a way to prepare for that before you even get into the store i know we're in the store right now but is there a way that can help be supportive to yourself whilst you're in the store to notice new things if i really wanted to go to the effort i could look through some 
cookbooks, look for recipes, and see if there's something I really want to make that would be a that throw in some new options. But that feels too much like work right now. Okay. So going back into that store, how will other things pop up at you then? Um, it'll be something that catches my eye, like bok choy just popped in my head. So mm -hmm. I've cooked and done stir fries with bok choy before. It's great, tastes good, easy to do a stir fry. So now that that's now on the plate, literally. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Nice pun. Um, <laughs> the, so, so I hear words coming up from you when you're saying boring salad. I hate salad. Another boring side. Another just strong words. Uh, is there a way to make those not boring? Yeah, have my wife make them because she makes awesome salad. Yeah, Sarah makes awesome salad. That's a whole different um, energy than than hate boring salad. <laughs> I just heard awesome salad. <laughs> um, so it's not that you won't eat them. It's that you love when Sarah makes them. <laughs> I, I like when she makes them very much. Mm -hmm. So is there a way for you, the guy wandering through the store, looking at those vegetables to make some of them awesome? Yeah, I could, I could do what I do when I, when I'm cooking anything else and that's take a basic recipe and just vamp it with my I own wanna, additions. How do you feel about cooking when you're cooking? Oh, I'm so in the moment. I love it. You love it. It's not even work. It's just joy. Mm -hmm. It's so these are so so. Can you bring that joy to cooking vegetables? If I can put them on the grill and smoke them, I can. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> Which I've done. So with veg with vegetables, yes. Um, they don't have to be. They don't have to be boring. Particularly if I'm cooking them. Mm -hmm. It's when it comes to salad, salad okay. that, because yeah. that's that's the thing where I think I need I can get the extra bulk of vegetables out of a salad that I don't get as a side. Okay, so can we make salads awesome? Mm -hmm. Do you want yeah. to? Do you want to Good do question. that? Yeah, I could see doing that initially, two nights a week, moving into three. How do you do that? Pick maybe, I'm just thinking Tuesdays and Thursdays, because that's nice midweek breaks, um, and have those be the dedicated salad nights and find a way to make them fun. So when you are doing this, right, this making those salads, uh, making them fun, making them awesome, Making them like Sarah. Eating them, you making them like Sarah makes them. Eating them you know, with some regular Tuesdays and Thursdays. How are you going to feel? Ideally lighter, no pun intended, um, but easier. Yeah. 
because that'll be my break. I don't have to. I don't have to fire up the stove. I don't have to fire up the oven. I don't have to fire up the grill. Maybe I already have the chicken made from the night before because I made it Monday or Wednesday. So it's there as the protein to be added on. Kind of plan ahead a little bit. That makes the work a little less on those two nights. And then think about what would I, what else would I put in that salad to make it more fun? Yeah. You mentioned earlier, as we were going through here, at the here meaning the the grocery store, you picking out the different things, the lingering. You've you've picked a day now or two days now that you're willing to work toward salad. <clears throat> but one of the things that you were mentioning is you 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 don't like the light feeling you get from eating salad. I think I recollect something about that. That I don't feel full. That you don't feel full. So as you're envisioning and participating with all of this movement toward salad two nights a week, how are you going to feel full? There's going to have to be some protein in it. So the chicken, mm -hmm. the chicken or something. And yeah, some carbs in there too, whether I do get do hard boiled eggs for additional protein or some croutons, something along that to kind of, so it's not just the roughage. There's other elements to what my stomach craves or what I crave. And that also breaks up the salad a little bit. It's not just lettuce or something else or my, my ultimate enemy kale. So I hate salad to where now you're eating salad two days a week. How is that feeling? Better. Yep. It, it feels easy to say I can do it two days a week. So on a scale of one to 10, how committed are you to doing that? Go for an eight. An eight. So how do we get you to a 10? Going from I hate salad to an eight is good enough for me, right? <laughs> All right, that works. Then. Okay, I'm with you. So one other thing you brought up was you needed accountability. And you said that the accountability you need is to be walking out of that store with more vegetables than, than dead animals uh, and, and starches, right? <laughs> so with this salad plan, you're at the store, you're walking out, you've checked out, you've got your bags. Where are we at with what's in them? There are packages of pre-packed salad. There's also salad type vegetables. So tomatoes, um, probably some mushrooms. What else can we throw in there? Um, some uh, dried cherries, maybe dried apricots. Mm -hmm. And probably balsamic, because I hate creamy dressing. Mm -hmm. So oil vinegar based dressings that are flavorful. Um, fresh fruits too, some eggs, some chicken. So that sounds like a lot more vegetables mm -hmm. than some eggs, some chicken came in at the end there, right? Mm -hmm. But that sounds like your bags are, are weighted on the vegetable side. Uh, mm -hmm. 
how do you feel leaving the grocery store with those bags of groceries? Feel good. Yeah, that feels good. I can do that. So all of this started with you worrying about this three pounds. We've sort of created a plan here. How do you feel about that three pounds now? I think it's going to disappear a little more quickly now that we made this shift. Because I won't be eating another slab of beef <laughs> one or two nights a week, which would be my go-to otherwise. So just to, you know, play, the, I'm going to trip you on the way. What's going to trip you up to those two nights a week that you are committed and ate to to having those salads? If I have an easy out, if I have the easy out in the refrigerator already defrosted, that'll be my trip up. If it's in the freezer, and I know it's going to take a few hours because I really don't like defrosting in the microwave. If there's something there that's easily available, that'll trip me up. So how do we prepare your, your new system for for that being in the refrigerator, you're easy out. I've got to make sure that on Tuesdays and Thursdays, the only things that are in the refrigerator ready to go are based salad based or based for the salad. Oops, I forgot. What if you forgot and it's there? What, is there anything that you can help yourself with to still stay to the planned Tuesday, Thursday concept? I think in that moment, I could say, I really don't want to take the time to cook all that stuff right now. I'd rather just keep it brief. And particularly if I have already spent the time working out, I don't want to spend 40 plus minutes cooking at that point. So in 15 minutes, I can have a salad thrown together, particularly if I've already cooked anything that's going on top of it. I can hold myself that way. So the workout is important. The time of the workout is important. You recognizing that, you know, I'm just into having the salad. I know there's the other, whatever the other is that's going to trip you up. Is there, I got that plan for tomorrow or whatever. Because that what you said is that I planned for my salad for Tuesday. I'm going to already have the protein ready from the whatever the leftovers are. I yeah. think, is that it? Uh-huh, that covers is there anything that feels like we're leaving out of this discussion? No, it feels complete. Well, I have so, one more question, so never mind. <laughs> go for it. Well, I wanted to ask about your energy. One of the things we were talking about in this, you talked about this three pounds, but the other thing you had talked about was having more energy. And I, I wanted to ask if, if it's, is there anything that is important because uh, it's really easy to tell when you stand on a scale that you've lost three pounds but is there anything important in the space of recognizing energy or having more energy oh definitely because that, that's why i don't get too fixated on the number but i also know that at certain numbers i feel certain ways so the energy is definitely more important and if if over the course of the next three months, 
I am feeling more energized and I'm still floating at 2.30. I am perfectly fine with that. But right now it's like I'm at that 2.30. I'm like, yeah, it could be feeling better. And I think that 2.25 or 2.20 will get me feeling better. So I'm putting the marker on the weight, not on... I'm connecting the two, but they may not be completely tied together. But I think there's something that you're forgetting, too, because before, to my knowledge, and I may not have all that information, you were only on the Peloton. Now you've added boxing to that, and that's a different um, experience for your body to go through. Is there anything in that space to consider? I, th I think it's going to come off faster because I'm building the muscle endurance in my shoulders and chest and arms. Um, so that, I think that's part of my frustration too, is I'm ex because now I'm doing more of a whole body workout. I'm expecting it to drop faster and rather than just let it be and keep going. And I hate to interrupt this awesome coaching session, but we are yeah. winding down on time. What? And I want to bring this back to our original topic, which is questions, questioning, and is it more than questioning? It seems like if I was a new coach and I was to watch this session from you know start to finish, I would see a whole lot of questions. The important thing that I'm, I think I'm seeing though is that the things that aren't questions, those observations, those insights. Um, Lisa, you did an exercise with him um, to do the visualization. Those sorts of things for the new coach are what fuels those questions. It's what leads you to ask all those questions. And a lot of times with when things weren't asked as questions or when things were stated, there was always a follow-up question to go with it. And so I think maybe the new coach might only see the follow-up questions and think, I just got to ask questions and that's all there is to it. When that's not the case in this session that we saw lots of examples of things that were not just questions floating, I guess, without any context. Well, and in addition to that, the cool thing is each of us have a different part of the experience. And that doesn't mean that that we wouldn't eventually get there. We're all different people when we all have, there's no way we can't come from who we are in this space as much as we try to come from a level playing field when we're coaching. Everybody sees a different piece of it and works in that direction. So there's when, when we say there's no wrong, there's no wrong direction. It's whatever's going to serve the client best. And one of the things that comes forward there from both what Anthony shared and Lisa, in newer coaches, I tend to hear more process-based questions of mm -hmm. how are you going to get there? What are you going to do? And when are you going to do it? It's all about marching down the field, so to speak, where what happened in, in those breakthrough moments in the conversation when Jen and Lisa and Brooke and Anthony and even Jerome offered the observation, it was more evoking awareness out of me of what was under all the resistance, what, what else was happening behind what I was saying that brought it out of me for me to come to the realization to make the change for myself. Mm -hmm. Jerome, come back. <laughs> um, what's coming to mind for me is when we talk about questions, it's really easy to say that coaching is about questions because it's sort of the 
it's the verbal it's the it's it's what we speak right and we can put a lot of emphasis it's really easy that's tangible it's 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 this is a tangible thing um it's it's literally being spoken out loud and and asking for attention right because we're speaking but but the subtleties the subtle things the things that happen that aren't we're not talking about um which are those observations which are the silences which are this is the space holding all of these these elements that sort of aren't the spoken part of coaching um uh is is sort of it's like the the um humble but hugely supportive and important uh, uh elements sister whatever you want to say to the question asking um you need both uh or, or all of it it's just that the questioning gets such attention, I think, because it's that so easy for us to get fixated on that. So when we we are asking a, a very generic question in the beginning, because we don't know where we're where the client is going, but it, it, if you notice, each one of us delved in deeper because he gave us more content. So the questions built around what Dan was saying and how he was feeling and his body language. So those questions worked in that direction versus just asking questions off the top of our head. Mm -hmm. And the moment when Anthony offered, well, you've been talking about exercise, what else is there? And that, or he, he did it in a way that wasn't so much a question based, but it was, there's, I'm aware of something and, and sharing from that possibility whereas we go back to the topic of the day is there more than coaching that offering of i'm aware of something else that might be at play here and bringing it in from the from the the non-attached space that actually mm -hmm. opened up the other issue that's the real issue for me it's not about going down jumping on the bike or throwing some punches it's what am i eating and also a question for everybody really quick all of us here, how many of us here have had to lose weight? <laughs> yes. Right? And how many of us here have uh, to perfect. Well, no, I had to or wanted to. Had to or wanted to. Or, <laughs> how, this, how many of us have successfully lost some weight? You notice that we didn't offer the how to do that for Dan. We let Dan come up with his own plan and a plan that worked for Dan and a plan that was going to work for Dan in his world and his way. We didn't say, oh, no, you should do it this way. You should do that like this. Oh, I did it this way. And that's really what the huge difference is when we talk about this coaching space and being in where the client is in charge. This is a great demonstration because it's a topic that I think every one of us could speak to our experience in, but we, what we don't do as a coach is do that. What we do is, is enable Dan to create a plan that works best for him in his world and his space and on his terms, yeah. um, which is just, I mean, that's why our, our client is the expert, <laughs> not us. I also want to give maybe people context of what was like working in my mind as I asked Dan that question about what else is there? Because my mind, my brain is screaming like, well, have you been keeping track of your calories? Yeah, my brain's screaming like 85% <laughs> of, of weight loss is food. Are you, how many calories are you expending versus intaking? But that's like, that's my way of 
how I interact with my weight and how I think about my exercise, which is trying to set aside what I think is correct or right or whatever may or may not be. And just taking at least the true bits out of it as there's more to weight than just the exercise. What else is there for Dan? So like as a client, you may be the actual expert in your field and whatever is your coaching, but setting aside what it is that you think you know or believe you know and then just trying to find the bare facts i guess and then offering that to the client um i don't know it seems kind of it seems like a challenge to me but it seems like the necessary like the next plateau Uh from new coaches to get to acc level coaches um and breaking that barrier and that the, just what you shared there, the idea of going from I'm aware of something and what would normally show up as advice in the form of a question of have you thought about doing this and just like taking that moment and doing the check back of what's the idea behind that question and the way that you put it in there. It's like, well, there's there's two sides to this coin. There's exercise and there's eating. Tell me how they go together. That opened it up for the conversation. Have you ever considered asking Singer to, to tell you how she makes her salads? <laughs> no, because that way, if I if that happened, I would be cooking every night. <laughs> well, and it might be his, you know, connecting love. with sa- salad. I mean, that can, connecting with Sarah. Made with love. Yeah. <laughs> I called Sarah salad. Hi Did you see that? <laughs> <laughs> we're, I think we're ready to wrap it up. Who wants to sign off for us? Dan, Dan, Dan yes. What? How am I signing off? It's been so long since I've been here. Where do you work? What are we doing? Hold on. This is Dan from CLCI Certified Life Coach Institute, where we certify coaches in three days and I've just been coached in a five on one (laughs) come join us see you soon thanks for watching see you guys next week hey everyone thanks for tuning into today's episode once again this is brought to you by Certified Life Coach Institute we're an ICF accredited school who certifies our life coaches in three day online intensive courses in addition to other podcast episodes Feel free to check us out every Tuesday at 4 o'clock p.m. Pacific Standard Time on YouTube or Facebook for our CLCI Lives, where we get together and discuss various topics that are centered around sharpening your skills so you can become a better certified life coach. For more information, feel free to visit us at CertifiedLifeCoachInstitute.com. Until next time, be well.